So today on the Isle of Misfits, we are going to take a little break from all of the difficult and polarizing topics that are clogging up our news feeds lately and offer you some respite. That's right. We have got a universal theme because no matter who you are and what you think about what, everyone loves a good dog story. And do we have one for you? And not only is it good, but it's true. So keep listening. So you never know who's going to show up on the Isle of Misfits. Today, it's a stray dog. Well, okay, it's not the dog itself, but today's show is all about stray dogs. Or should I say just one stray dog, a very special stray dog that our special guest is here to talk with us about today. And let me tell you a little bit about him. His name is Mitch Davis. He earned a master's degree in film production in the University of Southern California. He was awarded an internship with Walt Disney Studios, hired to be an executive producer. He worked on projects like Rocketeer, Newsies, White Fang, Dead Poets Society. He was a producer at Columbia Studios. And then he left Hollywood altogether to pursue a career as an independent filmmaker. He wrote a movie called Windrunner that was produced at Disney Channel and Warner Home Video. So these are some of his credits. But he's here to talk to us today about a brand new movie that he directed. And in fact, it's all about him. So I would love to welcome today Mitch Davis. Welcome to the Isle of Misfits. Well, thank you. I feel like I totally belong here. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. Well, if you feel like a misfit, then yes, you do belong. And it's amazing how many misfits we have from all walks of life that really, I mean, that's quite a resume that that I just uh, read off. So, you know, even people who are accomplished, isn't it amazing that we can all relate to this misfit thing? I think that, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of movie stars say and or really successful filmmakers that they still every morning wake up worried terrified that they're not going to get another job and uh so yeah aren't we all just misfits i think we all are in one way or another you know and ain't that the truth we're all looking for our place and and we all have a place sometimes it takes us a little while to find it and um really the theme of this movie i think there's there's a lot of that in this movie and i'm not going to give it away i want i want you to tell us all about it but before we do that yes if you if if you've listened to this podcast before, and there's a few of you out there who have, thanks, Mom, um, but, uh, <laughs> but um, if you've listened to it before, you know we have sort of a tradition where I, just because I like to play a stupid game. So if you're up for it, I would love to play a stupid game with you. I cannot imagine anything I'd rather do because I would I would hate to play a smart game and not. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather play a stupid game. See, I'm you've ready. already won. With that answer, you've yeah. already won the game. Okay. All right. All right. Well, today's, right. today's stupid game, they're all custom made just for a guest. So your stupid game has to do with your background at Disney because you have some background at Disney. So that tells me yeah. that you're, you're, you know, you, if you're at least well-versed, you, you certainly have some opinions about all things Disney. Mm-hmm. So this game is called This or That. So okay. that's it. I'm just going to give you This or That, and you tell me which one you like. If you want to tell me why, that's fine. Up to you, okay. your game. Okay. Okay. All right. The first one, uh, this is Disney Princess. Belle or Rapunzel? Uh, Belle. Okay. For sure. T- All right. Yeah. You want to tell me why? You don't have to. No, well, because my granddaughter runs around singing Belle's songs. 
So, so I, I got to go with Bell. Reason enough. Okay, that's my daughter's favorite too. So I wasn't trying to sway you, but you answered correctly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one. All right. All right. I, I already know what you're going to say for this one, but I have to. Goofy or Pluto? Oh, Pluto the Wonder Dog for sure. Pluto, Pluto, Pluto. Okay, and we'll talk more about why you gave me that answer yeah. in just a minute. Okay, so Pluto, all yeah. right, I thought you might say that. All right, moving mm-hmm. on to TV shows. This is Disney TV for 200. Good luck, Charlie, or Dog with a Blog? Dog with a Blog. Of course. Dog with a Blog, dog. yeah. All right, I thought because yeah. of the Denver connection, maybe Good Luck, Charlie, but that's okay. You're entitled yeah. no. to your Yeah, opinion. thank okay. you. Right. Thank you. All right, now we're moving to Disney World. All right. Uh, My wife always tells me I'm entitled. By the way, that's what she does tells she? me. Yeah, she tells me I act entitled. So wives, you, you, brilliant yeah. minds think alike. Wives, yeah, wives say those things, but they still love you. Just, mm-hmm. just so you know. <laughs> okay, or, or just the one. Yeah, you only need the one to love you. Um, so, all right. So yeah. now we're moving to Disney uh, theme park attractions. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's a small world. Or Space Mountain. Space Mountain. Adventure. Space Mountain. Yeah, adventure, adventure. Small World was cool when I was a little kid, but but uh, you 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 leave away childish things at a certain point, you know. So yeah, I grew up. Okay, so you grew up. You've moved on to higher heights, literally, with Space Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the one day my family went to Disney World to Magic Kingdom? It's a small world was closed, so we never got to experience. Oh, I'm not bitter. It's okay. We still had fun. You have to go. You have to go back. We might have to. Yeah. And actually, mm. my daughter at the time was kind of scared of Space Mountain, so maybe she's ready for it now. So, mm. <laughs> right. Mm. All right, one more. Okay, Disney movies. All right. Um, subtle but important difference, and we need to know your thoughts on this. Finding Nemo or Finding Dory. Hmm. Finding Finding Nemo, I think. I think Finding Nemo. Yeah, just because it was the original, and sort of gave birth to just that whole concept—the undersea search for a lost family member. I, I, yeah, Finding Nemo just started it all. Okay, you're right. And without Finding Nemo, we can't find Dory. So that's where that's it all right. Began. So I respect that that's answer. That's right. Well done. Well done. Well, even though you couldn't have answered wrongly, you answered correctly on all five of those. So your prize, we're going to send you, I'm going to send you a link to James Corden and Steph Curry singing the Moana soundtrack. It was really good. Yes, car karaoke. It was really good. Touching. You really can't. So congratulations. Okay. 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 Thank you. Thank you. I feel thoroughly at home in the land of misfits now i feel Uh, like i belong i've been initiated uh here i am you have yes we we dub you so thank you for being a part of us and you've done so well we're gonna we're gonna move on now and we're actually going to talk about the reason you're really here which is to tell us about your movie so um got a lot of great feedback i saw lots of shout outs um you got from shout outs from church leaders uh from animal groups even larry king what did larry king say yeah yeah. He said, wait, I'm going to quote it. This is a sensational movie. Okay, here we go. It made me want to go out and adopt a stray dog immediately. That's Larry King talking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, shortly after he saw the movie, his longtime dog, Biscuit, passed away. So so that was, oh. uh, maybe maybe he has gone out and adopted a stray dog. In fact, Perhaps I don't know. Did. but 
haven't spoken to him, but he loved the movie. He was really moved by it. That's wonderful. So I'm, I'm kind of uh, curious, how did that connection come that, that Larry King got to preview it? You know, Larry and his wife, Sean, have been dear friends of mine for about 20 years. Um, one of the first movies I made was a movie called The Other Side of Heaven, starred, starred Anne Hathaway and Christopher Gorham. Anne they Hathaway. saw that movie. Yeah, yeah, it was her first movie, actually. She shot it before Princess Diaries. And uh, they just loved the movie and kind of reached out to me, and we've maintained a good friendship ever since. So it's Oh, cool. isn't that wonderful? That's great, yeah. and so he, yeah, yeah, so he had that um, he had that wonderful feedback for the movie. Uh, another one I just kind of pulled out. There were about a hundred different quotes, but I love this one: "Good old-fashioned storytelling, like the films I grew up watching." And having watched the film myself, I can agree with that. It was it was a great story. It reminded me of some of the movies that I grew up watching, um, you know, in the in the seventies and the early eighties. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting the way family movies have gone these days. Family movies tend to that that phrase tends to denote uh, an animated movie. You don't really when you think of a family movie, you think of the Lego Movie or Moana or whatever Frozen. You don't think of a family movie with real human beings in it, and that's what we tried to do: is make a movie with humans and a dog, um, real people, real animals, not animated anything. You're right. When did we make the switch from real people to, yeah, to animation? That's, that's a really excellent point. I think, I, I think um, you know, there are market forces at work. I think that's a part of it. Um, animated movies tend to uh, play well across cultural and international boundaries. And, uh, you know, it's, it's easier to sell a movie called Madagascar around the world than a movie about an American family with an American dog in an American setting, that kind of thing. Um, so I think, I think there are market forces at work, but I think that's left a big space where people are saying, hey, I want a real movie with real people and a dog, which we tried to fill. Which you most certainly did. And, yeah, real being the key term because there really, there was a realness to it. There was a, like a real-life feel to it and I understand you know there's a certain artsiness that has to come with filmmaking that you take license but but it did it had an everyday kind of feel to it that you could really relate to these characters so I'm going to back up just a second though because um, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself let's let's talk about um, just even the story behind story so we we've kind of alluded to our this is about a stray dog um, and I don't want to give away the plots because there's there's yeah, there's a lot that you have to experience for yourself. But um, how did I understand this is a true story? Let's start there. So, so tell us how. What's the story behind the story here? Well, the story. This is the only movie I've ever made about myself and my family. I'm pretty sure it's the only movie I ever will make about myself and my family. And uh, it, it's a true story. We don't. We don't say this movie is inspired by true events or based on a true story. We just start off by saying a true story <clears throat> because it is. Uh, we didn't take a lot of liberties. We didn't have to. Um, it's the true story of our family during a very stressful time in our young family's life uh, taking in a stray dog and thereby saving its life only for that stray dog to turn around and 
save our family and then save my life when I got struck by lightning. Um, that's the true story. Uh, and it's a story that we that has lived in our family for almost 30 years. Our youngest child, Parker, uh, about two years ago, came to my wife and I and told us he wanted to make a movie about it. He wanted to write a screenplay. And we both discouraged him. We just thought, that's kind of a private story. It's our story, and nobody else would care. Um, but he persisted. He wrote the script, and he handed it to us a couple months later and said, just read this thing. And we read it and uh, discovered that he had really found a beautiful story that probably is worth sharing with the world. So he won you over with his screenwriting skills. He did. He did. And uh, I you wonder know, where he got that from. I don't know. Not from me, but uh, it's from the universe. No, he <laughs> he's he's a great. He, he turns out he's a great writer, and uh, and he'd heard these stories growing up, and kind of lived with the the legend of Pluto the Wonder Dog. And Dad getting hit by lightning. He'd grown up on that stuff, and but he made it into a very vivid, honest movie. I think. Yes, and yeah, and honest too. So he talked about it being real, and it was very honest. I love that. Um, just, just even in the dialogue, it was just, it was, it was very real. It, it didn't have that, didn't have that dialogue-y feel. You weren't always conscious. Of, okay, somebody wrote this, and that's something I'm. I'm a little bit of a harsh critic, um, but especially with uh, some of these independent films, that that can be. Uh, I don't know. It, it can be a barrier sometimes when you're very hyper aware of the writing. And I think the sign yeah. of a good good writer is you get lost in it. You're not aware. Oh well, thank you, thank you very much. I after Parker wrote the original draft, I did a few rewrites with him, and. Uh, I think it's it's pretty easy to be natural when you're speaking in your own words and your own language about your own life. I guess uh, harder when you're writing through another character's eyes. But I, I feel like we, we tried to achieve that, and the actors adopted the words uh, with a sort of... Uh, uh, they made them their own, and it works. It, I'm glad you feel like it works well. Yeah, so so and speaking of the actor, so yeah, so you've got some uh, some pretty uh, some pretty accomplished actors in this project. So Michael Cassidy, right, who plays yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so yeah. Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Yeah, so yeah, um, Argo. Yeah, so yeah, this is someone who yeah. who hasn't yeah. just He didn't graduated. just fall no, no, he didn't just fall off the turnip truck. Michael Cassidy's a fantastic actor. Uh, as you said, Argo versus Argo and Batman versus Superman, and, and now he's in a series called People of Earth in a lead role. Uh, so he's a, he's a great actor. And then Sarah Lancaster from Chuck, and she was in a movie called Judge with Robert Duvall and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, a couple of years ago. Just nice. A, and a, Saved by the Bell. A, Don't forget that. Oh, that's right. Oh, you that's 90s right. kids out there. <laughs> so no, it was it was really a joy working with the two of them. They they really, besides the fact that they're both better looking than my wife and I, besides that fact, they 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 really kind of captured the essence of our relationship and of our of our marriage, and it was fun to watch. 
Awesome. Now, I'm not going to tell your wife that you said that, but but I get it. What you're saying. Well, I you think, know what? Yeah, they were you know, So <laughs> so so no. I started to say. I let me correct myself. In spite of the fact that Michael's a lot better looking than I am, and Sarah Lancaster is just almost as good looking as almost. my wife is. Nice. There we nice. go. Uh, nice yeah, done. Good save. Okay. I, might, I know that's what you really meant. I might, I, I might, I, yeah, I might end up having to come live in the land of misfits because I'm going to be homeless if she hears. Well, we this are, thing, yeah, so. we are talking about dogs, so you know, I don't know if you still have a doghouse, but um, no, we're we're trying to yeah. keep you out of it. So. <laughs> yeah, thank <laughs> and, um, you, thank you very much. Oh, hey, I'm here for you. Um, we misfits have to stick together. And um, speaking, well, not of misfits, but Connor Corum. Right? Heaven is yeah, real. So yeah. the little kid, he's growing up now. Yeah. He's a couple years older. Yeah. So he, yeah. and again, um, very natural actor, this kid. Very, you know, very, you don't feel like he's acting. You just feel like he's being who he is. Yeah, yeah. And he really was. He really was. I mean, he was really professional. He knew his lines. He knew the scenes. He was ready to work. But, but he, just in the end, is kind of this really natural, goofy, sweet little kid and did a great job and he sort of plays a misfit i mean he's a he's a kid in need of a friend getting bullied on the playground right. when a stray dog shows up and and uh if dogs could do this puts his arm around him and rescues him and and helps him you know helps him heal and face the world um the way dogs do the way dogs do for all of us yeah, and isn't that, that's such a great universal theme because aren't we all, we're looking for that friend, we're looking for that that um, that confidant who at the end of the day isn't going to judge us, but the, you know, like you said, put put their arm around you or their paw around you or, you know, and just be glad yeah. to see you. And yeah. there's something about dogs, you know, we are so polarized in every imaginable way as a society now. There's almost, there's almost no topic you can bring up, bring up that isn't just going to have us at odds with each other. But let's talk about dogs. Who doesn't love dogs? <laughs> yeah. So I think it's yeah. brilliant. No, that's really true. That's right. What's interesting about the story when you think about it is the stray dog was looking for a home, and the home was looking for a stray dog, and uh, they found each other. And uh, in the end, we're all kind of strays, I think. We're all kind of looking for home. And, uh, and, and, and hopefully we find a place where there's a little bit of kindness and, and unconditional love. You know, dogs have a way of re helping us reprioritize. I mean, when I show up, you know, two in the morning after a long day at work, uh, you know, Pluto would be lying on the front porch and he'd open one eye and wag his tail exactly once and go back to sleep. And just kind of remind me that, hey, uh, I got a porch, I got a bowl of water, I had a little food earlier, life is good. And, okay. uh, and yeah, I'm good, and you ought, to be, you ought to be good, too. You may think you have the weight of the world on your shoulders, but really, you're, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. That, I, I, love, I love that perspective because, again, yeah. you know, a dog's life is pretty simple. Now, we, we're, we have a cat, and I'm not anti-dog, but we just happen to have a cat mm. in my family. And, you know, and um, I'll tell you what, my daughter, we all love the cat. We're, we're just ridiculous. We, yeah. She doesn't do anything. Yeah. We just stare yeah. at him. I'm like, oh, you're so cute and so fluffy, and that's all he <laughs> needs to be. Um, and, that, you know, his whole life is about, you know, 
being pet, being fed, uh, and just hanging out in the couch yeah. all day yeah. long. And you yeah. know what? And my daughter will she'll envy that. You know, when she doesn't want to go to school, I wish I had the cat's life, and that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. But I mean, there's yeah. just a simplicity about the contentment, right? That, yeah. that I think our our pets teach us. Yeah, yeah, and and unconditional love. I mean, dogs. Yeah. Dogs are intuitive. They know when you're upset. They know when you've had a bad day. They know which of you are hurting and when, and, and they'll come find you and pop their head in your lap and say, pet me, uh, you know, and, and uh, uh, or a cat would pop down in your lap and say, yeah, here, I'm going to purr now. Yeah, yeah someone would just yeah. laugh at you and walk away, but, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes, you're right about that. Yeah. You're but, right about that. But yeah, the, just the, that special relationship that that so many have with their dogs, and and it is it is universal. I think there's hardly anyone who can't relate to that. There's hardly anyone who doesn't doesn't have a heart for that. You know that um, yeah, that universal theme of the dog needs a needs a home, needs someone to care for it, and you know it's but it's not just a one way street, right? So yeah. yeah, you're caring for the dog, but you're getting back a whole a whole a whole lot more, more than you even bargained for. And that's, that's one of the uh, resonating themes of this story. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got that out of it. You know, I mean, you can, you can think about the movie on a lot of deep levels, and you can also just think about, a, about it as a movie that makes you laugh and makes you cry and makes you, makes you want to go hug somebody. So uh, uh, it's, it, it works on lots of different levels. That's what I love about the movie, and that's what I think is good about family movies with real people is the movie works for for three generations kids love it their parents love it and grandparents love it it it, you don't have to be just a kid uh you know some some of the some of the animated films that are out there it it really is only the kid who's going to enjoy it really only the kid mom and dad are going to just power through it um, or sometimes it works for the parents, but not the kids. We really tried to make a movie that works for everybody, and we we think we succeeded. Yeah. Oh, and it's such a gift too to have that kind of a movie because I'm I'm telling you, you know, we still have we have a teenager, uh, but who still would love to watch movies with us. But it's getting yeah. harder and harder to find something that all of us want to watch together. You know, because of yeah, what you say, you know, yeah. it's just. That um, you know everything has to be genre and niche, and but to have a movie where not just generations, but but wherever you're coming from, whatever your political persuasion is, whatever your worldview is, this is universal. Everyone can watch yeah. this and relate to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. I'm glad you feel that way. I hope uh, every one of your podcast uh, audience members will see the movie ten times with. 200 friends. And okay, you heard it, folks. This is your assignment. You know, we're not going to check up on you, but you know, I'm, yeah. I'll send you the I'll send you that Moana link too if you do. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so yeah, and so many so many themes, like you said, that we could talk about. You know, the importance of you know family relationships. There's also like a little subplotness about workaholism. So I don't know if you have anything to say about that. Any since it was about you, any I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued by this topic because I think we tend to be overworked as as people, and we yeah. kind of place a value on that. What so what did you learn about this? You know, I was a workaholic, no question about it. I was a workaholic. I think people are workaholics for lots of different reasons. Some of them 
some of them, frankly, noble reasons. Um, I don't think I was a workaholic because I had a massive ego. I certainly had an ego, but I think I was a workaholic mostly out of fear. I wanted to feed my family. I wanted to provide a home and food and clothing, and I was scared to death that I was going to fail at it, so I just worked and worked and worked and worked. And, uh, and so at, at, at its core, there was probably a no, noble motivation for what I was doing, but it was having a, a harmful effect on my wife and children. And, and, uh, and the dog and the lightning strike uh, kind of brought that home and helped me realize that I needed to change my ways, and gratefully I did. Yes, I suppose that would bring some clarity to the situation right there. You know, Nothing, um, yeah. Lightning has a way of getting our attention. A and, significant uh, emotional <laughs> event is what my husband calls it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 it was, it did, and, uh, and I'm grateful for its impact, uh, no pun intended. Wow. So... I wasn't planning on asking you this question, but it just kind of popped into my head as you're talking about this. What did your dog teach you? Mm, our, our dog taught us that the things that matter most are not things, they're people mm-hmm. and relationships. And, um, and that... Somebody said once that we get caught up in the thick of thin things, and that's what we were until this dog showed up and taught us how to laugh, love, be a family, and take time for each other. Mm. I think if a, if a dog can teach us that, that, that is a dog worth knowing. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The dog walked in. He said, he said he brought a chalkboard with him. He said, sit down. I'm going to teach you something. Here's what you need to know. <laughs> no, no, we we all know how dogs teach us, and right. they teach us they teach us kind of in a natural, non dogmatic way. Ooh, there's a bad. Ooh, I, I see what you did there. Very good. Now, you, now, now you see why I belong in the land of mystics. <laughs> but isn't but isn't really what we're talking about? This is the way God teaches us things. He doesn't. Often, I'm not saying never, there's a time for school and chalkboards, but he doesn't sit mm-hmm. us down in a classroom most of the time. It's, it's through the people in our lives or the animals in our lives or any part of creation. He's got something to say to us, if only we would have ears to hear. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And sometimes in order to make us listen, he hits us in the chest with a bolt of lightning. Sometimes... He sends uh, a lovable mutt wandering into our yard. Sometimes uh, we get a disease. Sometimes we get uh, a, a big hug and a kiss from somebody unexpected. Yeah, you never quite know how you're gonna, how God is gonna talk to us, but He does know us. He does reach out to us, and that's one thing. I learned so indelibly on that mountainside after being struck by lightning, after Pluto saved my life. I just laid there as the storm continued to rage on. I just kept saying, wow, wow, over and over again, because I was just overwhelmed at the grace of the universe, at the grace of God that, Number one, I'd been struck by one of those bolts you see arcing across the sky, lighting up a 
50-mile horizon. And number two, I had survived and had the ability to think about it and to consider the ramifications of it. Uh, wow, was just the overwhelming. <laughs> and, and I hope that that's kind of what people feel when they've left the movie theater is, wow, um, lots to think about, lots to, lots to, lots to consider. Um, life can be really simple, simple or really complicated. Yeah, and, as, and even as you're describing this experience of being hit by lightning and laying there as the storm rages on and saying, wow, like, I'm going, wow, 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 this man survived <laughs> this. And yeah. this is, you know, yeah. it's, it's obviously a turning point in the story, but there's so much more to this story. Yeah. So I'm sure whoever's listening now is just can't wait to get their ticket and go see this movie. So let it tell us where, where and when. Can they see this movie? October 6th, the movie will be nationwide in around 1,000 theaters. Um, if they want to pre-purchase tickets or get information on screens near them, they should go to thestray.movie, and uh, that'll, that'll give them a schedule and the ability to pre-purchase tickets. And uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, but uh, thestray.movie is the wheelhouse that'll uh, point them all in the right direction. October 6th, be there or be square. All right, and you heard it once again, and we know we don't want you to be square, but, I mean, if you want to be, that's okay. <laughs> but the important thing ah. is that you check this movie out. Um, yeah, the stray.movie. Uh, you'll find out all about it. There's a really cool trailer and all kinds of great information about this movie. Check it out and... Mitch, thank you so much for being with us today on the Isle of Misfits. It's been a pleasure. We would love to have you back anytime you want to talk to us about anything at all. In fact, you can quiz me next time if you like. Ah, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it really hard, Nancy. Really, really hard. Okay, I'm going to start preparing right now. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Oh, you are so welcome. Take care. Bye bye. See, didn't I tell you? Now, go out there. Grab the kids, borrow a kid if you need to, and go see this movie. Now, mind you, there's a bit of sadness woven in. That's all I'm saying. So just keep that in mind with the really youngins. Thanks to Mitch Davis for joining us on the aisle. And thanks to you for listening. Now, if you'd like to hear more fun chats like this and read some quirky but meaningful blog posts about misfit life, I would love for you to join me by subscribing at the isleofmisfits.com. That's I-S-L-E of misfits.com. We've got lots of great stuff coming up in the next several weeks, including a chat with Miss Chewbacca Mask herself, Candace Payne. So stay tuned, and until then, own your awkward and love your fellow misfit.